0: good morning my brothers and sisters on this the first gmg minisode i think we've ever had i am your host here in this situation here uh mr mark boucher and i am here with a very very special guest Uh, he is no stranger to this podcast. He's a good friend of ours and he is one of the hosts of the fortress of nerditude podcast. He is Spencer Stapleton. How's it going, man?
1: I'm doing well, Mark. Thanks for having me back on. I really appreciate it. It's always good uh, to be here with the joiners and hang out with the GMG podcast crew,
0: man. We have been looking for an excuse to have you back on and (laughs) here we are. Um, so the reason that I've got you on here, um, so as as you guys have probably heard many a time on our on our shows, um, one of my one of my little intros that Lucas always does for me is that uh, I'm big on the television show Doctor Who, but the thing is, uh, we never talk about it really, other than uh, occasionally the guys like to make fun of it. But <laughs> um, right, so. Um, you know, we really haven't had a chance because none of the other guys really like the show, Doctor Who. They uh, Pat's kind of had some some real general experience with it. Um, but I really haven't gotten a chance to sit down and just talk Doctor Who with somebody. And I think I was watching, uh, uh, I think it was your stream on your birthday the other day. Um, it was like, a, was that, that was a few weeks ago, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was about a month ago, but sure, a couple days ago. Yeah, whatever. That's yeah, good. You know. Yeah.
0: No, same difference. Um, but um, I noticed the uh, the TARDIS and the sonic screwdriver in the background there. Yeah. And uh, I was like, you know what? That's it. It's going to be a good idea to see if he wants <laughs> to go ahead and uh, talk some Doctor Who with me.
1: So the funny thing is that TARDIS that's behind me, mm-hmm. it is actually a cookie jar TARDIS. Nice. And when you open it up, the little light on the top will blink and it makes the actual TARDIS sound, which eventually we, you know, got rid of the battery because you don't want that thing going off in the middle of the night when you're trying to, you know, snag a midnight cookie. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of a dead giveaway. Yeah. It was actually a, I think it was a mother's day gift. I bought my wife. Because ah. she's also a, doc, a huge Doctor Who fan. She actually got me into Doctor Who. Uh, but I don't get a chance really to talk a lot of Doctor Who either. Because my co-host, uh, Matt, over on the Fortress of Nerditude, he hasn't seen Doctor Who at all. And ah. our entire in-laws love it. And so he's kind of not watching it, only as a kind of like an out-of-spite thing. Like he just doesn't want to, <laughs> you know, join in with everyone. So, so ah. I'm, gl- I'm glad we're going to have this opportunity tonight
0: yeah man absolutely Um, so for uh, those who may be listening or watching the show after the fact and and you're uninitiated you have no idea what Doctor Who is about um, and maybe you'd like to know uh, because I'm assuming you would if you're watching this show um, or listening so for the uninitiated basically Doctor Who the premise of the show is um, it's this character uh, named the Doctor he's that's not his actual name. He has a real name, but we don't know it. It's never really right. told. Um, but, um, gosh, at this point, he's what? I think he's, what, 2,000 years old now? Because they've had some Something times like up. that, yeah. Um, well,
1: it's currently... it, gets, it gets a little wibbly-wobbly with all the, you know, the time, you know, shenanigans. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um,
0: but uh, currently, the Doctor is, is a lady on the show. But um, previous incarnations have been... Um, uh, a male, and we'll get into that—the the reason yeah. why there have been multiple incarnations. But the 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 premise is that this character, the Doctor, he is of of a noble blood from his his um, his kind, his his species, um, the the noble blood of the Gallifreyan race, known as the Time Lords, and he is basically running away from his responsibilities as a Time Lord, and so he pieces out from his home planet of Gallifrey. Yep. Uh, in uh, this spaceship that is able to travel through time and space um, in, and that's called the TARDIS uh, which stands for Time and Relative Dimensions in Space and um, he takes off on, on many, many adventures in this, in this spaceship that has basically taken the form of a, uh, a 1940s police box because it's stuck in that form and yeah. so he goes on all sorts of different adventures with um, mainly characters on Earth as his companions. He's taken a liking to Earth, and he fights against uh, you know all sorts of different um, alien races and things like that. And travels through time, meeting historical characters and everything, um, all while protecting the universe um, and just exploring as he goes. So that's yep. that's the basic
1: premise um it's i mean it's a very like simple sci-fi premise uh like on the on the surface right if you look at that you say okay you know a guy running away he's got a, a time machine and he's gonna have a bunch of adventures like that's just a very solid sci-fi premise but the reality is though is that the show gets a lot deeper and like that's just that's just the hook to get you in yeah
0: absolutely Yep, that's 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 getting on. Just stay on the ride. That's the fun. Yeah, point. yeah. But um, yeah, and yeah, the show has definitely evolved over the what? 60 years, something like that. Um, it was. Uh,
1: it, it'll be sixty years in another two. In uh, twenty twenty three, it'll be sixty years. Okay.
0: Yeah, because I remember the the actual date that it launched. the The first episode aired was um november twenty third nineteen sixty three so this right. show has been going on for pretty much that length of time there was a pretty lengthy hiatus from the late eighties until two thousand five when they the b b c decided to reboot the show um and everything so but everything is within the same continuity um literally yeah, not
1: not really a reboot just more of a they decided to pick it back up because it does it does continue on from what's done before so it's not like a a reboot in the sense when we say reboot like oh we're doing it all over again and going back and you know kind of starting fresh right Sure.
0: yeah everything continues basically right um interesting enough the the show was actually supposed to air the day before on the 22nd uh in 1963 but they had to delay it a day um, because that is, if you know your history, uh, the day John F. Kennedy was shot, yeah. and so because of that, they actually had to push it out a day just out of respect um, for the United States. And this is a this is a BBC show; it's a British television show, purely
1: through and through British. So what's what's also interesting about that too, Mark, is that they actually even started it on the day they first aired it, 80 seconds later. Uh, than they were supposed to because they were still doing a bunch of coverage of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And and this is what I find interesting because I've only watched it over here on BBC America. And by the time we get it over here, it's like, hey, we're starting the show at seven o'clock, right? Yeah. Or five o'clock. like It seems like a standard time. But over there, the BBC aired it. At, it was supposed to air at 5.15 p.m. Instead, it aired at 5.16 and 20 seconds. And it's like, who starts shows 15 minutes into an hour like that that just makes no sense to me in, in today's day and age but i guess the bbc does some you know some different things and they don't exactly always start at the top of the hour
0: yeah i don't understand a lot of things that the bbc does but you know, <laughs> but it's right. but it's all good and and it's interesting looking at it from the outside and being you know we're americans and this is a very much british show um but um, I wanted to get into some specific uh, types of uh, things that you might, you know, things that interest you or, or things you may not like about the show, um, kind of specifics. Um, but um, let me go ahead and get this pulled up here. Um, the, the one thing I want to point out real quick is, and, and I think it is the greatest plot device, I think, in the history of television. I know where
1: you're
0: going, yeah, and and so and we'll talk about uh, because there have been multiple iterations of this character of the Doctor. We'll talk about who our favorite Doctor is, um, yeah. but I think it's the single gl- greatest plot device is, um, you know, the beginning the first the very first Doctor, um, he was leaving. He was unfortunately getting old, uh, yeah, and not, not able to remember his his lines and everything. And so um, they, um, they decided, well, uh, we're, we're going to replace him, but but how we just replace the actor with someone completely different. i was like, well, let's try to write it into the show. Right. Yeah. And, and so the way that they do this is that um, the doctor's species um, specifically, because I don't think all Gallifreyans can do this. Like I said, it's the, Kind of the noble blood, kind of thing. Only mm-hmm. time lords can do this. They basically have this innate sense of the space time continuum, things like that. And when they are close to the point of death, they are able to completely regenerate every cell in their body. Yeah. Uh, and basically, when they do that, they're they're the same. They're the same person still, but completely taking on a different form. And so that allows basically any old time when, when the current actor or actress decides I'm going to peace out, you know, okay, it's regeneration time. We'll, uh, we'll set up a situation on the show um, where, uh, you know, we'll just reboot the guy and, uh, or girl, whatever. Um, And, uh, and they, they make it happen. And that's, that's certainly given the, the longevity that it has. Uh, over the the past almost 60 years for sure um, so got some got some questions for you well first off what do, what do you think about the uh, the whole regeneration thing
1: so I think the regeneration is is brilliant I mean you gotta go back to the beginning right this started in 1963 it's now like 1966 and William Hartnell like he was already a very elderly gentleman will say. And this was supposed to be kind of like a kids family show that was supposed to be educational. And it was kind of morphing into more of just pure sci-fi. Right. Uh-huh. And they needed to, they needed to come up with a way. So they found a way to write them off and they said, well, you know, we can do this regeneration idea. But the cool thing they did is that the character is still the same character still has all the same memories, mm-hmm. but they allow for, the personality to change yeah so so that someone who's going to come in from like an actor's perspective right you've been hired to play this role that's been you know fairly popular or in this case it's only been three seasons and you know it's it's fairly popular but like later you know iterations you know decades later you're you don't want to play it like the guy before you Mm -hmm. because then you're not really doing much as an actor. You're just mimicking someone else. You want to be able to put you into that role a little bit. Yeah. So they, they allow this thing and they, they do it in a way that really it's like, Hey, this is still the doctor, but things are going to kind of change now. And it, it gives, it gives an opportunity for fans to really latch on to certain doctors because maybe they like you know the previous doctor because of his personality and the way he handled you know dilemmas and crises maybe they like this one because he's a little more jovial maybe like this one because he's a little more serious and so it gives the fans a way to like really kind of like buy in to the character of the doctor and the different iterations even though it's the same character it's like a slightly different iteration each time. I think it's brilliant. I, I think Mark, you're right on the money. It's probably one of the smartest writing decisions because they can keep the series going as long as it's popular and just continue to replace actors and actresses as needed. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Um, what was your kind of first exposure to, to Dr. Who? Like, how did you get into the show specifically?
1: So that was my wife. My wife had been watching Dr. Who with her family uh, when we got married and she was saying like, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. And I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. She only started with the 2005 with Christopher Eccleston on. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know that she'd watched any of the older stuff that had come before the, the long break between 1989 to 2005. Um, And I remember like kind of peeking my head at the TV. And if I'm just completely honest, the BBC wasn't putting a lot of money into the show back then. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't as popular. They were trying to, you know, jumpstart a series that had been wildly popular for decades, but then, you know, had a, a decline and kind of fell off and, it just wasn't making money for them anymore, right? And, and so like the sets looked, the sets looked pretty bad. the The special effects looked like they were ten years older than they should have been mm-hmm. because there wasn't a lot of money. And so I'd always kind of look at them like, this looks really kind of hokey. It looks really just kind of like night. It it reminded me of the nineteen sixty six Star Trek original series. Yeah where it's like, oh, we're going to have foam, you know, foam rocks that are going to fall down. And we're going (laughs) to, you know, like I just looked at it and went, "Eh." and this is 2005. By 2005, I think we've been pretty spoiled with the state of television and some amazing things we were seeing. I mean, think about, think about this, like around 2005, you know, would have been what 24 would have been on TV lost either had just barely started or is right around the corner like shows that like big big budgets that they looked like movies yeah absolutely and here here comes this little BBC show that my wife is watching that looks like it belongs back in the 1960s. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> peace out. No, I don't think so.
0: And that and that first episode was like literally about a bunch of mannequins coming to life.
1: It, it, yes, yes. And it, it was just like, no, this doesn't look good. So my wife had been on me for a long, long, long time. Yeah. And I want to say a few years. And she was like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, please, please, please. Because she's like, you gotta trust me on this. And she's like, you got to look past some of that stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's really hard. Like, it's really hard. (laughs) So uh, eventually, though, I kind of broke down and I said, okay, look, I need my wife watches a lot of stuff that I recommend. And she's been really giving me the business for a while. I need to watch some of this on my own without her sitting next to me, without her trying to, you know, tell me about how it's going to get better or how this really is important because of this or it's important because of that like I didn't want any bias and I said I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna watch it and at the time it was streaming on Netflix and I watched the entire first season with Christopher Eccleston and I gotta admit it was hard yeah like it was hard but like halfway through I was like okay I'm like some of these stories are actually kind of good it just it doesn't look good to the eye but Uh but they're kind of some cool sci-fi stories and I was like, I'm going to finish this season. I just said, I'm just going to finish this one season. And then the regeneration happens at the end of the first season of the 2005 series, right? Uh-huh. And David Tennant appears. And I went, ooh, Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah. <laughs> and like like my mind clicked. and I was like, I like this guy. I was like, uh, I'll watch a little bit more. And then I started watching a little bit more. And I, I was somewhere into... David Tennant's first series as the doctor when my wife you know came in on me one day like I was like it was weird like she came in and she got all angry and was like accusing me and pointing at the monitor. like you would have thought that I was watching pornography or something no I was just watching Dr. Who she's like what are you doing you're watching that without me I didn't know you're doing this Did you, you know and she got you got the riot act read to me and I just said relax relax And I said, I wanted to get into this on my own. And at that point I kind of was, I kind of was hooked. Uh, And I was like, no, this is actually really good. And, and as it went on, you know, we watched it all together from that kind of that point on, like I kind of caught up with her and then I watched it live. So, so for me, it was more, I felt I had to do this for my wife, but I also recognized that my wife was right. Like it is really good storytelling yeah. and there's some fantastic things. And as the seasons went along and as it really got popular in America, uh, all of a sudden the production quality and the money being put into the show went way up. Yep. And all of a sudden it started looking like it belonged on current television. And from that point it, it became very easy to, for me to recommend it to people and get people to watch it, because I could have them start midway through, watch an episode or two, then you know get them hooked, then have them go back to the beginning of 2005 and start from there.
0: Absolutely, yeah, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, well, so my my first exposure to Doctor Who, um, I am very much from the 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 I guess you if you want to call it old school. Uh-huh. Um, I my first exposure to Doctor Who was finding reruns of um of the older Doctor Who um, yeah the original run classic Who on um, either I would find it either on the Sci Fi Channel before it was called and I think they it's just called Sci Fi now um, but it was actually called the Sci Fi Channel back then and uh, I would find reruns of it there or uh, it would be on very late at night on uh, my local PBS. Station, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where I would find uh reruns of Doctor Who, and um, joiners who who listen to our our show on the regular, they know that I am huge, a huge sucker for time travel type stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I am all about time travel, it's why Back to the Future is you know on my on towards the top on my on my list of favorite movies. Yep. Um, because I love just time machine type stories. Um, time travel and all that kind of stuff and so doctor who just hits me right there and yes the the special effects and everything are super cruddy uh you there was one episode where they have this like the the enemy of the week was or the monster of the week was this giant blob and you could tell the blob had like um oh what's what is that called um I can't believe I'm blanking on it. The the thing, the stuff that you wrap, the oh like like
1: duct tape or not
0: not duct tape, like packaging. Type oh stuff.
1: yeah 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 like like pack like uh packers tape or something where you can, like where that. You
0: can pop the little bubbles bubble wrap. There's. Oh bubble wrap yeah, yeah 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 yeah. I can't believe I couldn't remember that. <laughs> yeah yeah, you can tell it's literally bubble wrap, um that that the monster is made out of, um and and you know. You can tell that just overall the special effects are just
1: super beyond dated. But once you get past all that, I it's mean, like... I mean, there's stuff that I can look at now and go, I can do more with my green screen in my basement yeah. than was done on a professional television show.
0: Yep. Like, absolutely. Ooh,
1: but ooh. that was
0: what they had. It's what they had. I had have to, I have to remind myself every time I watched a Classic Who episode, Is that was what they had. And yeah. they made use of it and they made it fun, they made it scary a lot of times. I've heard lots of stories where people are talking about jumping behind their couch whenever they're watching Doctor Who, because it would get get scary. Um, But, um, yeah, that was I mean, for for a long time, that was how I got my Doctor Who, was watching reruns on on PBS and the Sci-Fi channel, and then um, when they did the reboot, um, that was um, around the time I was in I was actually in high school going into college and, um, just,
1: you're just a young Yeah.
0: I'm a baby face, I guess. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, at the time they didn't have like a BBC America. I don't think, um, they didn't no. have a streaming service or anything like that. So basically I had to pirate it, um, mm. to try to watch it. Um, cause obviously everything was kind of region locked over there. Right. Um, so, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I started kind of dabbling back into, into New Who and stuff through college, and then once everything hit Netflix and all that kind of stuff, yeah, man, yeah. I was all in for that. Um, full disclosure: my wife and I, when we got married, our our wedding was Doctor Who themed. Uh, that's 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 how we bonded. Like our little photo booth was a was a makeshift Tardis. Nice. Um, and our like our cake topper had a Tardis on it. Our colors were um you know tardis blue and and gold um all that kind of stuff so we're we're big into it for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure okay so i've got some some kind of pick your brain kind of questions like picking your favorites okay of, cool of let's of do it show for sure um so let's start small first um favorite companion
1: amy pond yeah. Easily, easily Amy Pond. Uh I really like Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, like, there was just times where I'm like, I just didn't identify very well or connect very well with Rose. Mm-hmm. But I, I did enjoy I did enjoy her time on the on the show. But when Amy Pond came in at the start of uh Matt Smith's run as the doctor, she was this just gorgeous redhead and i'm i'm a sucker for a redhead my wife's a redhead um but she she's gorgeous she was funny she was sassy and and like she had this like whole kind of storyline that to me felt like the most fleshed out story that i've ever seen on doctor who for a companion Mm -hmm. i mean her and Rory and River I mean melody and melody and just like all the things is like I felt that I felt that that was maybe the first time in my experience because I I don't know enough of, of all the old classic stuff sure it was the first time that the writers really said let's let's make sure that that there's real substance here i mean Donna had substance too yeah, but, but like Martha, like I Martha and Clara, I just felt like kinda of like, the writers were like, and we got this companion, and we'll occasionally do some stuff. Yeah, but, but Amy, Amy Pond, Amy Amy Pond.
0: Yeah, I I dig that, I dig that response. Um, I think Donna is my favorite companion. Uh, Donna, Donna's good though. Donna's so good, at least from from the new series, Doctor Donna. Uh, yep, yeah, Doctor Donna. That oh the way things ended with that um and you know can i can i just
1: say that like i love to use the little uh gif on twitter where it's the what's it it's it's donna's like her father or her Uh, Wilfred. That's Wilfred yeah his, yeah his grandfather Wilfred where he's like crying and then he puts his hand to like his thing and then kind of like reaches up like stop him and then like pulls back yeah I, I use that all the time and every time I do it I'm like oh like it just it, like it takes me back to that moment and that episode and I'm like gosh darn it that's just so freaking hard yep, yep. I love that though
0: yeah I mean that that was the end of time that was the end of uh yeah. Tenant's run right yeah 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 um that whole that whole ending was was incredible um and uh but yeah doctor uh but donna i think to me has just got this nice well-roundedness to her and she's hilarious Mm -hmm. um but also she's you know she can be witty when 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 the time calls for it um and yeah just that whole that whole way that things went down where you know she basically had the doctor and his like intelligence and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. but she couldn't in her, in her humanity, she couldn't handle it. Um, and so the doctor kind of had to just erase spoilers, I guess, yeah, uh, erase her memories. Um, and well, at least make it, make it so she never remembered the doctor. Um, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. That was, that was a tough one. So, mm-hmm. um, but I absolutely loved Donna now flip side, least favorite companion
1: oh gosh uh for me that's a toss-up between clara and martha okay and it's uh, i don't know martha i think martha struggles because she came after rose and rose is kind of a very beloved companion yeah and martha was just kind of like Oh, I love the doctor. He's so dreamy. He's amazing. blah, 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 blah. and she's she's just kind of forgettable. yeah for a for a lot of who fans, a lot of us whovians. Um but Clara, who? The writers like started writing her in a way to like make her special. Yeah. and then then they pulled away from that. And then they wrote her very bland. And then they gave her all these weird like abilities and tried to make her then later like retroactively seem really like super, super critical and important. And I just was bored. Like it just it just felt that it just felt that there had been too many changes in the writing teams and in the showrunners and whatever that like it just meh. Uh, it's it's probably Clara, yeah. But Martha's a very close second.
0: So, um, I also want to mention before I go into my least favorite, my my favorite from the classic era uh, will always be, and she actually made an appearance in New Who as well. It will always Sarah be Jane? Sarah Jane Smith. <laughs> um, she was just like um, you know, Amy was. Witty and sassy and all of those things, she was very much the wit to mm. to to the doctor, um, and she was just solid. And yeah, she she came back for a uh, she actually came back for a couple of New Who episodes. Plus, yeah. she got her own spin spinoff, yep. um, uh, the Sarah Jane Adventures. Um, and um, you know, rest in peace, Elizabeth Sladen. Um, yeah. But uh, she's just a solid character. But my least favorite companion and he wasn't this person really wasn't like a main companion, but every time he was involved, he just got annoying. And that was Mickey.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You are kind of like, what, what, what I always ask myself, why is he here? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like uh-huh. why is he here? Once again, like, wasn't he like Rose's boyfriend originally? Yep. He was.
0: Yeah. yeah, and then he ended up I think he actually up get um, ended up getting with Martha at the very end of things. Because uh, yeah. if you remember, I don't know if that was like a future thing or what where they're like fighting together and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Mickey. he was he was always just kind of useless to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty forgettable. For half a second when you said he and I, I was like I'm like, please don't say Rory. Please don't say Rory No, no not and then you're making him like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we're totally fine there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, no, I love Arthur Darville as as Rory. Yep. Um, he did a great job with that, especially like, you know, the lone centurion and, and yes. you know, he how he basically became an Auton um, and, and had to protect Amy for like centuries. Thought,
1: yeah, centuries, a thousand years, something yeah. like that.
0: Um, so... But uh, yeah, the, definitely, definitely my least favorite is Mickey. I kind of cringe whenever I see him on screen. But, uh, <laughs> right. Um. Okay. So, favorite monster or villain?
1: I mean, the the easy go to would be the Daleks. Yeah. I mean, they're the oldest villain in the in this series. Um they've been around forever there's probably the most story written there um but if i'm if i'm not going to pick them cuz that just seems like the obvious i'm going to i'm going to go with the weeping angels okay and that's because they are just freaking like scary like yeah. it it was one of those things where like i felt like there hadn't been a lot of like really scary stuff in a little while when i was watching who and then you get to that episode blink When you see the weeping angels for the first time, then, Ooh, Ooh, that was scary. And then they, you know, they make a few other appearances and every time they do, you're like, Oh crap. Oh crap. You're like, there's going to be jump scares. They're not going to get away. Like things are going to go bad. So I I really do like the weeping angels.
0: So just for, for anybody who may not know, basically the weeping angels, they're these kind of creepy looking statue gargoyle things that they can, they're, they're time-locked. I guess to a point where they can only move if you're not looking at them. Yeah. Um, and so that's how they're able to kind of creep up on you. Uh, it's like the ultimate thing where you think that, you know, just the, the most innate normal thing that's not going to get you can actually get you. Um, and they don't actually kill you. They just, I think they just pull you into another time period or something like that. I don't think they actually kill you. Um,
1: yeah i'm trying to remember
0: i don't i don't remember it i just seem to remember they 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 don't actually ever kill you but um still still really scary um so uh least favorite villain or or and or monster
1: (sighs) um oh gosh There, there's so many like, you know, like, whatchamacallit, like, uh, you know, Monster of the Week type ones that just kind of pop up here and there. Kind of lame, but, yeah. Yeah, kind of lame. But I'd say um, I'm not a big fan of the Cybermen. Yeah. Um, When they show up, it's kind of like, when they show up, it's kind of like, oh, hey, we haven't seen the Cybermen in a little while. That's, you know, kind of cool. Yep. And then, like, as the episode goes on, I'm like, Oh, yeah, and I remember why I don't really care for the Cybermen because they always seem to be, like, the easiest of the Doctor Who villains to, like, overcome, and it's like, oh, they're really not that difficult to defeat. The only thing is, is, like, you know, it's, it's a throwback, right? It's when they, you know, hey, we're going to toss in a robot in this episode and yeah. let's make him a killer robot, and they, they kind of look hokey and, and whatnot. So, like, I'm not a huge fan of the Cybermen, not that I hate them, but I'm just not a big fan.
0: Yeah, I feel like they're kind of a rehash of the Daleks in some yes, ways. Yes, yes. Um, just because, like you know, the Daleks thing is exterminate, and yeah, then, and then the Cybermen is delete, delete. Yeah. So it's
1: it, it's it's not a it's not a far stretch.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So my
0: favorite Doctor Who villain, I always go for the, if you will, the Moriarty to to yeah, the Master. Yeah. Yeah, I will always go for for the master just because he's, you know, he's a time lord as well. Um he's been through some crap um and he's just overall just this insane kind of complete um foil to to the doctor. Um he's gotten into some pretty horrible spots as a result of the master's plans. Um and
1: uh So which version of the master do you like? John Sims. Okay.
0: Yep. John Sims. Um, I do like, um, I do like Missy. Missy's cool. Yeah. I I like, I like her and, uh, even this new version of the master that they had for, um, Jody Whittaker's doctor has been, has been really good, but yeah, John Sim just, I think pulls off to me just the complete insanity.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Um, now, granted, um the end of time, that whole thing where he's like he's like, "I'm so hungry," kind of thing yeah. to, like that was kind of weird, but <laughs> but yeah, like the the whole like and they played the long game with him um, throughout Tenant's run, where you see like brief glimpses of this Harold Saxon guy, and yeah, um, and you're wondering what that's about, and you it finds out that you find out that it's the master basically trying to take over um, the world once again, and he effectively becomes prime minister of, 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 Britain and, and, you know, carries out this whole plan to basically, um, just take over the entire planet. Um, and also he has this major vendetta against the time Lords, um, because of the, the torture that they submitted him to, um, and so somewhat like initiating him, um, to be a Time Lord, a, a high member of the Time Lords, and all that kind of stuff, um, and I just, I just love that character. Um, yeah. Least favorite though, um, probably the Jadun.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, because <laughs> that toe no fro bro so fault like that gets annoying. <laughs> or the Santarans, it'd kind of be an equal. Yeah equal thing the potatoes
1: <laughs> yeah the they're um yeah the jadoon's worse in my opinion but yeah
0: you're not yeah you're not you're not that far off yep though. absolutely um uh, next one probably would be let's do favorites let's do favorite episode
1: oh that's tough Because there's a lot of really, really, really good episodes. Uh Um, I mean, a few in my mind stand out. Uh Blink, right off the bat, always comes to my mind. Uh, It introduced the Weeping Angels. But it's also the episode that most fans will use to introduce uh, the uninitiated to Doctor Who with because they can show them a a really cool story, something that's interesting and exciting, but it's really a doctor light story. The doctor really has a very limited role in that episode um, so that one's that one's kind of way up my list. Um, also, I mean the the whole uh uh silence in the library yeah when, when we first meet river song. river song yeah those that like that two part that two part uh series is really 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 good uh-huh. and then um gosh the the regeneration episode with Tenet going to matt smith i mean that one like i i, I tear up at the end of that episode almost every time yep um and then uh, I don't, I can't remember the name of the episode. It's the episode where, where Amy and Rory and the doctor go back to New York. Oh
0: yeah. Angels in Manhattan.
1: Angels in Manhattan. Yes. Yeah. That one too, because that kind of ties up uh, the Amy Rory companionship story. Yep. Um, and that for me was always like, you know, Amy's my favorite of the, of the new who companions. And when that happened, and i realized oh we're still going to have matt smith for a little while but oh no we're leaving amy and rory behind yep that sticks out to me that that one that one kind of makes me sad too yeah. but i but i really love it though it, it's a it's a great episode
0: yeah absolutely um yeah i have a i mean i have a few episodes in mind um i i tend to be on the disagreeable side when it turns to now when it comes to to blink now i love Don't get me wrong. I love that episode. But at the same time, if I want to introduce somebody to doctor who I I don't think I would use blink. It's really, yeah, it's a solid episode, but because it's a doctor light episode, like you're Mm -hmm. really not getting a good idea for who this character is. Um, and he is for the most part, the main focus of the show. Now you can argue it's between him and the companions, but
1: it's the, it's the doctor though. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's there. I just don't think he gets like a full chance to shine.
1: And- I'll I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. And, and maybe, maybe you've heard this before. Maybe, maybe I'll be able to change your mind or maybe not. Okay. And I'm, I'm talking to a brick wall, who knows? <laughs> uh, but the reason I, the reason I say blink is a, is a good way is that you got to look at it too. That if you're trying to bring in someone along, who's doesn't know anything about this series, if you just start with like Christopher Eccleston, like, it just kind of starts off. You're kind of like mid action. You don't know what's going on. You end up having to like explain a lot. And in my experience, like when you sit there and you have to like talk a lot and try to explain a lot and this and that you end up, uh, you end up overselling the show and there's just too much. And people feel like over bombarded and blink does have this opportunity where, the doctor is talking through the TV, right? Because the the kind of pre-recorded message. And he's kind of explaining a little bit about himself and telling them why they, you know, don't blink, don't ever blink, you know, and kind of, you know, he's like, look, listen to me. And so, yes, he's in it. And he's, but he's very kind of light in that episode, but he does do a pretty good job of like getting a few of the basics and so if people buy into that story, then they're like, well, well, why does he do this? Or how does he know this? And you're like, well, let me, let's go back and we can kind of watch some of these other ones. So it's the carrot on the stick, basically. It's the carrot on the stick. And I really think that episode is good for that. Is it the the most perfect episode? Probably not, but I've had a lot of success with it.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, I see your point. I see your point. Yeah. um, For me, definitely uh, the silence in the library ones. That's so um, good and with with River Song and just that whole I think I think you get a well-rounded version of especially David Tennant's doctor and we'll get into mm. that in a moment but yeah. um he does such a fantastic job um my other one would probably be um Vincent and the Doctor and and let me let me tell you why um and I love Matt Smith's doctor I think he did a great job with him yeah but I think that is just a beautifully written episode especially towards the end if you were a time traveler and you got to go back in time and meet famous people wouldn't you want to tell them how much they have impacted us today and so the fact that they get to bring Vincent Van Gogh um, back to current times they take him to a museum and all of his artwork is just hanging up for everybody to look at and, and enjoy and admire and uh, Bill Nye, Mr. Davey yeah. Jones, uh, who uh, is in that episode playing the museum curator. Um, he's like, you know, what what do you what would you say about Vincent Van Gogh's impact and, and and what do you think of him? And he goes into this huge long discussion about how he's one of the greatest painters um, uh, ever and all these kind of stuff. And Vincent Van Gogh gets to hear all of that and this guy who has dealt with you know crippling depression and anxiety and everything's and self-doubt and yeah. all this kind of stuff and he gets to hear all of that um now the unfortunate thing is they they actually speak about it later the fact that he unfortunately still ends up you know dying the way that he normally does which i believe he killed himself yeah um but just having that moment where, you know, you get to just... That's like the ultimate way that the Doctor is able to kind of... kind of really encourage somebody. And just that whole scene, I think, was incredible. Yeah. Um, and I think the actor who played Vincent, Vincent Van Gogh was just an incredible actor as well. But, um, yeah, that's, that's... That's one of my favorites, for sure. Uh, all right. Uh... All right. Let's go. Let's do one more before we get to the big question. Right. Um, and and this may be kind of a weird question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Favorite TARDIS interior?
1: Ooh. Uh, yeah, that actually is kind of a weird question. Um, I can tell you my least favorite TARDIS interior. Okay. And that's Christopher Eccleston's. Okay. Um I, I didn't care for that as much. Um and honestly cuz we only see it for one like for like one real series, right? Cuz then it's yeah. it's Tenet and Smith's and Capaldi's and uh, it, probably it's going to be a toss up between Tenets or Smith's. Yeah. Um I mean they're different and they're unique but I really loved both of them. Yeah. i really i really thought they both were really cool when capaldi's came on i was kind of like eh, yeah it's not bad it's 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 still kind of cool but it i i felt longingly for what i'd lost yeah so.
0: absolutely yeah I, I would say i would say tenants is probably my favorite um kind of followed up by smith's um i just like um and and eccleston's was kind of like this as well but um he had more of the, the like it looked like giant tree roots yes. coming up out of the <laughs> up out yes. of the floor. Um but like I just love the spacious look of the of the TARDIS uh mm-hmm. you know, the 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 main uh console room and all that kind of stuff. Um just how kind of big in scope it looked. And I've loved how in recent seasons they've expanded on the interior of the TARDIS. Like just yeah. how absolutely huge it is. I mean, the big the big kind of push is that it's bigger on the inside. But really right. only ever really see the the main console room. But this place is huge. Absolutely huge. Like- yeah,
1: and some of the Matt Smith uh, episodes, they'd show him in other rooms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, or underneath, like, the main room, like, you know, doing some work. In some of the Capaldi episodes, like, he, I felt like Capaldi spent a lot of time on like the upper deck in the main room, yeah. which, which is, you know, still once again, same room, but it felt like a different set piece though, because of the way it had to be filmed, right. Either they were filming straight on or they were filming kind of like in a perspective that was forcing you to look up and see him. So he appeared larger than life and completely in control because he's standing higher than the camera. Yeah. So Definitely. yeah, I get, I, I get that. Yeah. They, they have, I agree. They've spent a lot of time trying to do more with what they have. Yeah.
0: All right. And now for the biggie, the big, big question. Yep. Favorite doctor.
1: For me, this is easy. It's David Tennant. Yeah. David Tennant is my doctor will always be my doctor. Um, He, he just, for me, he personified like the balance between like anger because like he could get really angry at times and a little more so at the beginning, but then he also could really play off like the the whimsy, you know, the the very just like aloof whimsiness of the doctor at times. And his his doctor for me uh, was fantastic. Followed up by Matt Smith. Uh, if 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 you know Tenet's my one, Smith is my two. Uh, it took me a little bit to get used to him. But once that kind of happened, like he he really grew on me really fast. So, but David's had it overall.
0: Solid, solid pick. Okay, least favorite doctor.
1: Uh, yeah, Christopher Eccleston. Okay. I mean, it's it just uh, I didn't I didn't really care for for his version of the doctor. He was too manic for me. Yeah, he just he just was like all over the place. I'm like, oh, what's going on? Like. Is he happy? Is he not happy? Is he on something? Is he not on something? Like it just—he was all over the place.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I get that. Um, yeah,
0: favorite doctor for me—at um, least—and I'm gonna go new Who and classic Who in this in this case. Um, new Who um, definitely David Tennant, hands down. He to me is a multi-dimensional doctor. Yeah. Like you, like you touched on. Um, there are moments where. And in every scene, he's always commanding in whatever whatever, yes. whatever way uh, and, and you always feel like, man, this is the guy we want to root for. Yep. Uh, but he, he occasionally has his dark sides as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I think the whole time Lord victorious thing where he really gets this major hubris about um, wanting to, you know really kind of sort of misuse his, his time Lord right. responsibilities and all that kind of stuff. Um, but at this and and I remember that one one episode, I believe it, the enemy was the Ragnos the big spider lady, yeah, red looking spider lady. And you can tell like that whole scene where you know, he's given her a chance to basically stop yeah. doing what she's doing right. But then once that time is passed, like it's like
1: the gloves are off.
0: yeah, yeah, and uh you just see this whole other side of him. And I think David Tennant as an actor is just incredible in that in that role, for sure. Um, uh, my favorite classic Who, and everybody says this, but this is my this was my gateway drug, if you will, uh, was Tom Baker. Yeah. Um, to me, he he was the David Tennant of of classic Who. Yeah. Multi multi-dimensional, but had this just relatability to him. Um, You always felt like you were safe with him. Like you knew what he was doing.
1: That was the doctor that David Tennant tried to like model his portrayal of the doctor after, Mm -hmm. because he was, so David Tennant was like a massive, massive fan of doctor who um, growing up. And so he was always kind of like trying to angle to see if he could, you know, if he could be the doctor, if he could be the doctor. And like, from what I heard, he was up for it in the first season and they ended up going with Christopher Eccleston, but he was a massive fan of Tom Baker. Yeah. And so he tried to like model his portrayal, you know, you know, kind of an homage to Tom Baker. And it's obvious. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, Yeah, my least favorite doctor's um. So, new who would probably be. Uh, it's a. It's tough because I really. I want to say Christopher Eccleston, but at the same time, in some ways, I kind of want to say Peter Capaldi, mm. and, and the reason I say that. Is uh. Season 8, I believe, was his first season, wasn't it, I think? The, that first season that he was the Doctor. Yeah. Um, That's what kind of soured me. Now, granted, he got better. He got a lot better yes. with later seasons. Yes. But that first season of him as the Doctor, he was doing some, like, super not-Doctor things.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And that was kind of making me mad. But um his other two or three seasons that he did were were great he got they 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 fixed him Mm -hmm. um so i guess that in that light i would say i guess christopher eccleston for for knew
1: who at least and and the the bum deal is christopher eccleston did one season yeah and like it was always going to be one season he knew that like that was like what he agreed to he said he'd do it for for one season and so, like, it's hard because what do you think he, you know, what do you think it would have been if he'd had two or three or four seasons? It's true. He, he may be remembered differently.
0: Yeah. Well, now he's getting his kind of time to shine again. Yeah.
1: With some of the audio drama stuff yeah. he's doing.
0: Yeah. So I'm glad at least he's able to come back and do that because he has made it very apparent that he does not want to be on the actual show again. Um, because of some of the staff and stuff. He had a horrible time. Yeah. Um and... he has
1: he has softened though. He used to not talk about Doctor Who at all. Right. And now he will, some. Yeah. And now he's doing these audio dramas and I mean listen, if if I'm gonna be a guessing man, at some point he'll come back. Yeah. I it it'll be a while, but I think there's gonna be enough change in people that are running the show they'll be able to convince him to come back for a special.
0: Sure. I, I hope so. I really do. Um, least favorite classic who doctor. Um, and I, I feel bad because he's a great actor. Um, Sylvester McCoy, the, the seventh doctor.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, It just got weird. <laughs> it just got real weird. And like, especially like I didn't like his, his outfit like he's wearing like this this like uh pullover knit sweater with these question marks all over it and yeah um to me he just wasn't now now sylvester mccoy is a great actor uh, he's been other and other great stuff um i think the most recent thing i saw him he was radagast the brown right in uh the hobbit um uh, which he was great in that um but when I think about all of the doctors, and there's 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 technically I think fourteen now if you count the the war doctor John Hurt's character, right? Um,
1: Which you have to,
0: yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, once I think about all of those, I think he's the one that I've watched the least and cared for the least. Um, well, it would kind of be a, a kind of toss up between. Um, him and Colin Baker okay uh, Colin Baker was just arrogant and, mm. and really annoying um so I guess it would be kind of a tie which um, he's not no I'm trying to remember who is David Tennant's father-in-law
1: that's uh Davison. that's P- that's Peter Davison okay
0: I thought I thought I, I knew it was one of them I, okay Gotcha. Yeah which that tells you how much of a doctor who fan he is. He's (laughs) his father-in-law is one of the doctors. Yes.
1: His his father-in-law is an actor that played the doctor and, and his wife was in an episode with him. Right. she was the daughter of the doctor, which is kind of weird, which is kind of weird. You're like, okay, (laughs) wait a minute. So in real life, your wife was the daughter of the doctor and your father-in-law was the doctor. You're like, this I'm glad this is a made up show otherwise that would be a really <laughs> awkward conversation at Thanksgiving.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But uh but yeah, I think that's uh I think those are my those are my big ones and my and my my least favorites, but I mean they're all in different ways they they have the ways their ways of of shining and do
1: you have a do you have a favorite like special because those are big things too right like you got the series but then they started doing the christmas specials and then they did a then they did those four specials with david Tennant in the one year where they really didn't have a series um yeah. before he before he transitioned out do you have like a, a favorite a favorite uh doctor who special
0: um it would have to be um I mean The End of Time was technically a was technically a special. <laughs> um so that would be on on the top there. Um and probably um was it was it Voyage of the Damned? I can't remember. The the one that was um no, that wasn't Donna's first episode. Um but no. that, that first episode where you know donna's getting married and all that kind of stuff and
1: that, yeah that was a christmas special yeah for sure
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i love that and she just randomly shows up in the tardis and they're like what <laughs> right
1: <laughs> yeah which is also great when she shows back up in the adipose episode yep. when she points and she's like remember remember me and he's like wait <laughs> Oi, what are you doing here that love scene that scene is just love what that made it for me oh gosh so good it's like, so it's good me. it's <sighs> me it's me uh my favorite um was the 50th anniversary show the day of the doctor oh yeah absolutely. and and, that, and that's because like matt smith was the current doctor at the time and they brought back david Tennant, and you got to see david Tennant and matt smith and i went gosh darn it if this isn't like the greatest pairing of seeing two versions of the doctor together they just chew up the scenery and we get you know john Hurt's the war doctor in that in that episode And, and he is an amazing phenomenal actor but we got billy piper that came back like that just for me that was that was almost like a fan tribute episode in a way because they really brought back a lot of things that just people absolutely loved, yeah. and just like let them just kind of go at it. When when freaking Tennant and Matt Smith end up, you know, like landing in there, and they're like, "Hey, you! Hey, no, it's me! It's you! It's hey!" You know, I was like, "Oh my <laughs> gosh, this is so good!"
0: Yeah, and that just killed me that Christopher Eccleston wasn't there. But I mean, I, they made the best of it, um, and and getting yep. an actor like John Hurt um, to 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 agree to something like that yeah um, which was was fantastic yeah th- you're right i can't believe i forgot about the day of the doctor 50th oh, so anniversary good. special um but yeah that whole episode i think was a was a huge love letter mm-hmm. um, to to doctor who fans for sure uh, yeah. new and old um but uh but yeah so i think that about wraps things up uh for this doctor who discussion here um it's it's been fantastic talking with you spencer i'm so glad that we were able to number one get together and do something yes number two talk about doctor who because i've been wanting to do this for for a long time and and the other guys it's just not their cup of tea (laughs) so uh this is definitely scratched an itch if you will yes Um, so spencer thank you so much and where can people find you
1: so I run a podcast called The Fortress of Nerditude. Uh, we talk about nerd and pop culture, and we record that every Monday night on Twitch. And that's twitch.tv slash Ford Nerd. And then the audio goes out Thursday mornings to all the normal places, the iTunes, the Googles, the Spotify's. Uh, and then the rest of the week, I just stream video games and I do a bunch of silly stuff on Twitch. Uh, so you can go find me over there, twitch.tv slash Nerd. Nice, nice,
0: nice, nice. Alright, well that is it for our very special mini-sode for uh, the GMG, uh, for the Good Morning Guys. And so, may God bless and guide your lives as you live, as you work, as you travel through space and time, and as
1: you game. Allons-y.
0: Allons-y. One, two, three, four.